Hey Tribe, this is Coach Nadine. I'm going to be going over your weekly programming for April 18th through April 23rd. Um, before I get started, I just want to remind you guys that our running seminar is this coming Saturday on April 23rd. If you are planning to do the Newport 5K um, that we put out to you guys, or if you're just planning to just get better at running or do a few races this summer, or the spring, I would highly recommend attending the workshop. Um, it, we have the link, I think it's posted in our Facebook group. I can post it again for you guys. Um, but we're just gonna be going over a lot of technical things with running that you may not have learned before, or maybe haven't fine tuned, or if you're feeling pain in your running, this is where we can kind of determine where that pain is coming from, get some answers and kind of get you progressing forward toward pain-free running. So we do have a running program that we're going to be putting out to you guys. If you plan to do that, this would just really help give you a lot of information and more purpose toward that training. So if you guys have any questions, just let us know. Talk to us in class. And um, yeah, hope to see you guys there. All right. So we can get started on this week's programming. So Monday, April 18th, we are going to be doing 20 minutes, performing as many rounds and reps as you can, of 21 straight leg sit-up presses. 13 barbell deadlifts, seven broad jumps, and a 200 meter run. So you want to try and aim for a total of four to six rounds. And I would say you want more sustained or consistent pacing on this. So what I mean by that is that 20 minutes is a long time to keep moving. You don't want to start off trying to move really, really fast. And all of a sudden you're like seven minutes in, you're not even halfway through the workout yet. And you feel like you're dying. Um, this is going to be a very lower body intense workout and it is going to be a very core intense workout. So you're starting off with core. So we're already going to be fatiguing the core from there. The deadlifts, even though it's a lower body movement is very core intensive to be able to stabilize the body and keep the back safe on the movements. So you're going to be utilizing the core there and the lower body, the broad jumps. We're, we're going to go over this a lot more in detail in class, but a broad jump is basically loading the body and then trying to jump and propel yourself as far forward as you can. So this is a very explosive movement with the legs and the hips. After that, you're doing a run, more lower body. So it's going to be a really, really good lower body core, full body workout. Um, but like I said, you don't want to be going just like straight out the gate really hot and then feel like you're falling off. Ideally, if you could maintain a consistent pace on all of your rounds. So you do the first round in like four minutes, see if you can try and maintain that pacing across the rest of the workout. Um, if you're someone that has impact issues with broad jumps, then the modification options for this would be 14 thrusters using a barbell or dumbbells, whatever is best for you, or doing 14 band assisted high jumps. So with the band assisted high jump, you would have a band looped onto a pull-up bar. So it's going to be above you and you're going to be holding on to the bands. So you're going to basically have the two loops that you're going to be holding on to, and you're going to load the body like you would in a regular box jump, and then try and propel yourself straight up vertically and jump up as high as you can. The band is going to give you some assistance coming down so you don't feel like you're slamming down and you can use the band to help you come down a little bit softer. And it's going to help propel you up a little bit more too, because it's also going to carry you up. So those are your two modification options. If those don't work for you, then obviously we can figure something out that is better suited for you. Um, but that is what we are doing on Monday for that, for that deadlift real quick as well. There are 13 deadlifts. Um, you want to try and keep that unbroken as much as you can. So I would say choose a weight that you could do like, I would say around 20 reps unbroken when you're fresh 
And then that 200 meter run, you don't want to be blowing your brains out on that run. I would use that to kind of get the heart rate to slow down a little bit, get some blood flow in the legs. And then when you come back in, you should basically be able to go right back into those sit-ups. Um, after that, we are just ending class with a little bit of stretching. So nothing crazy. It's a long workout, a lot of reps. So just really working out the lower body. So we have a lizard stretch and a couch stretch that are both for the hips and the psoas, and then a kettlebell calf rollout and a glute stretch on a lacrosse ball. So after we do a whole lot of work with the lower body, we're going to get you feeling good before you leave and get in your car. So you're not super sore the next day. All right, moving on to Tuesday. This is April 19th. We have been alternating every minute on the minute for 16 minutes. So it's four total sets on the first minute of the round. You're going to be doing as many reps as you can of horizontal ring rows. Minute two, you're going into kettlebell horn taps. Minute three, lateral ball slams. And minute four is rest. So the horizontal ring rows, usually when we do a ring row, we're on a little bit more of an angle um, and you're taking some of the load off and just making it a little bit easier to go into that row. What we want with this is we want a tough body angle. So if you can, we want you to get as close to parallel to the ground as you possibly can with your body angle. Obviously, that may not be realistic for some people um, doing this for a minute, but we want to try and get as low to the ground as we can and make that ring row pretty difficult. You should be able to do 10 or 8 to 10 quality reps at a time, um, and we should be able to bring those rings all the way to the chest to touch the chest. Um, it should be tough, but with this, before you even go into that ring row, what we want to try and do is pull those shoulder blades back and down, initiate the scaps on that, then go into that pulling motion, get the rings all the way to the chest, and then control that back up. If we have more people than we have rings, then we can always kind of swap some of the rounds up just so everyone is able to get on the rings for this. But horizontal ring rows are tough. That's a really, really good way to build your pull-up, build your back um, without doing an actual pull-up from a pull-up bar. Those kettlebell horn taps, these were in class, I believe, maybe a month and a half ago. So if you guys were here for it, you know what it is. Um, if you weren't, basically what you will do is you're going to be in a plank, so shoulders stacked over the hands, and you're going to have that kettlebell a little bit in front of the body. When you're in that plank, you're going to reach forward and tap the kettlebell, tap, tap the, the handle of the kettlebell, bring that hand down, and then you're going to tap with the other hand, bring that down. So every time we're coming back into that nice strong plank with the shoulders stacked over the hands, but having that one hand up and reaching forward is just going to cause some instability in the body and cause you or force you to kind of create a lot of tension in the core. Um, and then those lateral ball slams, same thing as a regular ball slam in the sense that you are bringing that up overhead and slamming it down, but you are going to be going side to side. So we're getting some of the obliques kick, kicking in and some more rotation kicking in for that as well. And then minute four is going to be rest. So you want to be moving pretty con continuously on these movements. Ideally, if we can go through those kettlebell horn taps and go unbroken on those and then go unbroken on the lateral ball slams. That would be the goal on those, those horizontal ring rows. You're going to have to break them up. If you don't break them up in the minute, then you're probably not low enough on the ring. So you should be breaking up those horizontal ring rows at least once. Um, and then if those horizontal ring rows are extra, extra easy for you and you're as close to parallel as you can be on the floor, then we can elevate those feet up. So you're at a fully horizontal position with the entire body and the feet are elevated up. So you're in basically a straight line parallel to the floor, but that would be the highest progression up for that. After we finish that up, we have three sets of 20 reverse hypers and 20 seated psoas raises. So we've been doing these movements a lot over the past six, seven weeks, and we've just been increasing the reps every couple of weeks. So this time 
we're finishing this up. We're going to do one more week of this um, after this, but we have uh, last week we did 15 reps and this week we just upped it by five each. Um, if those 20 are just super unrealistic for you, then we can drop down and still do that set of 15 from last week. But we do want to see if we can kind of push the body a little bit more and squeeze out a few more reps on there. All right, moving on to Wednesday, April 20th. We have four rounds of a 24-18 calorie row, six each side, goblet hold step through lunges, and 12 barbell push presses with a 14-minute time cap. So with this, we want to try and be consistent on this pacing again. So whatever you do for that first round, say you finish your first round in about three minutes, we want to see if we can try and maintain that three-minute pacing across all of those rounds. You don't want to start blowing your eyeballs out on that first round, do it in like a minute and a half or two minutes, and then all of a sudden you're crawling through the last three rounds. We want to try and be consistent across all four rounds as far as pacing goes. With that calorie row, obviously, if we don't have enough rowers, then we'll go on a bike or we can go for a run, but should be taking around a minute and a half. Um, and then with those goblet hold step through lunges, there's no specific equipment for this. So you can use whatever you want to do that goblet hold. So it's just holding something right up on the chest. So you can hold a slam ball up at the chest. You can hold a kettlebell. You can hold a dumbbell, whatever you want for that. But essentially with that step through lunge, you're, you are going to be doing a reverse lunge. So stepping back, leading with that back knee going straight down, straight up. And then when you come up from that lunge, you almost want to pick up that knee, that the, the leg that is behind you. And as you're picking it up, you're stepping through and going into a forward lunge. So now that foot that was behind you is now in front and you're leading with that back foot going or that back leg going straight down, straight up. And then you can bring the foot together. We're going to do all six on one side and then all six on the other side. So you're not going to be alternating legs on this. Um, but this is a really, really good, just lower body movement as far as just getting the legs to burn and getting a lot of the stabilizing muscles kicking in from the lunge with that lunge. If you find that when you're going all the way down to the floor and that knee is touching the ground, you're kind of collapsing toward the bottom and that chest is coming forward. Then we want to decrease that range of motion just a little bit. So that might be the knee is just coming to 90 degrees and then you're standing up. Or it might even be a little bit above that, which is totally fine. So we want to try and work in that good quality range of motion where you are in an upright position, that chest isn't dipping forward at all. And then we can strengthen it from there. So as we go from there and you get better at it, you'll be able to go lower and lower and lower in that lunge, still keeping that chest tall and good stability within the body. After we finish up those step through lunges, it's just 12 barbell push presses. So again, written for a barbell. If it feels better for you doing it with dumbbells, we can also do that with dumbbells. Totally fine to do that. Those 12 should be unbroken. So I would pick a weight that you could do about 20 reps unbroken when you're fresh. And then under fatigue in that workout, you should be able to maintain unbroken sets of 12. When we finish that up, we have week seven of our glute strength progression. So it'll be five sets this week of eight, eight, six, six, four with a one second pause at the top of each rep. So your first working set is going to be of eight reps. And this one, I want you guys to start with whatever weight you used for your set of eight this week, if you weren't here or this past week. So if you weren't here to do a set of eight, um, I would start probably a little bit more moderate, a little bit more cautious, and then build from there. But if you know what you used for this past week for your set of eight, then I would start with that weight. So set of eight, again, getting one second pause at the top of each rep, squeezing the glutes. And then still keeping that tucked hip position. So when I mean getting the hips high and squeezing the glutes, that doesn't mean arching the back to get the hips up as high as we can. 
That means keeping the core, the core tight and the hips tucked and getting the hips as high as they can go maintaining that position. And then, so you'll do two sets of eight. You can build from there or you can maintain the same weight for those two sets. But then we are going to drop down to set to two sets of six reps. I want you guys to go heavier on these sets of six than you do on these sets of eight. So the purpose of us dropping down the reps is that you are going up in weight as the reps decrease. And then we are going to finish up with one set of four. This should be pretty tough, pretty heavy, um, but obviously still being able to maintain good quality in that movement. Moving on to Thursday, this is April 21st. We have four minutes on, minute and a half off for three rounds. You are rotating through three barbell snatches with a one-second pause overhead, six box jumps, and nine knees to elbows. Then you're going to be picking up where you left off each round. So with this, we want fast pacing and quick cycling of the movement. So again, the reps themselves, so your three snatches is not a lot of reps, six box jumps, not a lot of reps, nine knees to elbows, not a lot of reps. You should be able to keep those movements unbroken and you should be able to kind of keep that transition time very minimal in between those. So finish up those three snatches, try and have that box right near you so you can turn around and just go right into those box jumps. And then if you can position yourself near the rig for those knees to elbows, see if you can jump up and just go right into that. Those barbell snatches, because there's only three of them, we can probably use a little bit more challenging of a load on this as long as we are keeping good position on that. Again, there is a one second pause overhead. The purpose of this is that a lot of times when we're moving fast on a snatch, we don't lock those elbows out all the way. We're kind of just throwing that bar up and then trying to bring it down really fast. We do want to be locking those elbows out overhead and then getting a good stacked position overhead with that barbell. Obviously, if a barbell doesn't feel good for you for snatches, we can go with dumbbells, we can go with kettlebells, whatever does feel good for you. But even regardless of the equipment that you're using, I want you to still get that one second pause overhead and just really, really try and perfect that lockout position. Those box jumps, um, you guys know what those are. The purpose or the focus on those box jumps though is that I want you guys to be trying to land nice and soft on that box. Sometimes when we're going through these box jumps, we end up smacking the feet down really hard on the box. That's not the purpose of that. Maybe it sounds cool, but that's absolutely what you don't want to be doing because then you're going to start having like knee pain, shin pain, your feet aren't going to feel good. So we want to try and land as soft as you can. Basically, you want to make it so soft that I can't even hear that you landed on that box. And then making sure that we do stand up all the way on that box jump and then step down. Those knees to elbows, a little bit different than doing a knees to chest. So you're getting a little bit more of a crunch. So with the knees to chest, you're basically just bringing the knees straight up. You're not getting too much of a crunch. But with this, you actually want to kind of draw that belly button in, round the spine a little bit, create a hollow position, and actually try and pull the knees and the elbows together. So that's what the focus is on, on those knees to elbows. If we do need to modify that, we can obviously go into a knees to chest, but regardless of what you're doing, I want you to try and get a little bit more of a crunch position on that than you typically would if it was just written as a knees to chest. And then we're going to finish up with our lateral delt progression. So this week we have three sets of eight lateral raises and eight bent over rear delt flies, all with dumbbells. So we dropped down the reps this week from sets of 10 to sets of eight. So we started with sets of 15 on the first two weeks, and then now we've decreased the reps since then down to eight. So ideally, if you can try and go a little bit heavier on this, that would be the goal that we're just building that strength in the lateral delt and in the rear delt. If we can't go heavier on this, we just don't have the right weight for you to use for that, then we can add a little bit of a tempo and just create that strength stimulus that way. All right, moving on to Friday. 
This is April 22nd. We have a seven minute on, three minute off for two rounds, and it's gonna be two different rounds. So kind of a part one and a part two to the workout. So round one, you're gonna be doing seven minutes rotating through nine ring pushups and 14 Russian kettlebell swings. And then round two, you're gonna be rotating through nine burpees and 14 kettlebell goblet squats for seven minutes. So this is a good full body workout. We're getting a little bit of upper body with both uh, rounds of that. And we're getting a little bit of lower body with both rounds of that. So those nine ring pushups, obviously working the chest and working the core stability as well on those rings. And then we're working some of the glutes and the hamstrings on the Russian kettlebell swings. And then with those burpees, you're working the core, the breathing, the shoulders on those burpees. These are chest to floor burpees. And then on those kettlebell goblet squats, again, working the quads, the hips, all of that on that squat. So good full body workout on this. Because there's only seven minutes to move for those set um, movements, we wanna try and keep that transition time pretty short and we wanna try and be moving pretty fast on those. If we can keep, if we can keep those movements unbroken, that would be ideal. Those Russian kettlebell swings, burpees and goblet squats should 100% be unbroken. Those nine ring push-ups, if you need to, as you're going through the rounds, kind of increase that height of the rings just a little bit or the increase the angle of your body just a little bit for you to be able to maintain those sets and be able to move through those reps with quality, then that would be totally fine. Um, with those burpees as well too, if going chest to floor um, causes any type of shoulder issues, back issues, anything like that, we can stick with down ups. And I would say we would increase the reps from nine to 12 for the down ups if you were gonna go with that. Um, and then after that, we have 10 minutes for quality, 15 each side of side plank arch ups, 15 body saw planks, and 15 reverse crunches. So we increased the reps this week. We did 12 last week, and then now we're doing 15 for each one of those. So again, with those side plank arch ups, you can be on the hand or the elbow, whatever feels best for you. I like to keep my other arm, my top arm, um, by my side on this, because what you're essentially doing is creating a crunch. You're going to be dipping the hip down creating a stretch on the lower side on the oblique that's closest to the ground and creating a crunch in the upper oblique that is furthest away. And then when you go into that arch up and come up from that position, you want to think about creating a hollow position or a C curve in that top part uh, in that top oblique and then creating a crunch in that bottom oblique. Um, and it's going to be 15 on each side, but those body soft planks, you're going to be on the forearms, trying to keep the hips in line with the shoulders. So we don't want the hips too high. We also don't want the hips dropping and the lower back dropping on this. So again, creating a nice hollow position, drawing that belly button into the spine, squeezing the glutes on this, and just trying to like a saw, go forward and back, keeping the hips and the shoulders um, at the same height in the same position. And then those reverse crunches, again, focusing on the lower abs with this, trying to create that rotation and lifting with the hips. I like to think about drawing my belly button down to my spine as I'm simultaneously simultaneously lifting my hips up. So something is pushing down that is also allowing you to lift those hips up and get that lower ab activation. And then Saturday, April 23rd, we have our running workshop. Like I said, if you guys are planning to do that Newport 5K or you're just looking to get better at running for workouts or running just for fun or running in races, this would be a great thing for you guys to attend. We're gonna be going over a lot of different things that you may not have ever really practiced or heard of when it comes to running. Um, a lot of things with your feet, your knees, your gait, your posture, all of those things that just really dictate whether we have pain in the body or not. Um, and a lot of the times too that I'm finding is when we do have pain in the body, it's gonna create a limiter in our running. We're not necessarily going to be getting faster 
um, are getting better at running if we're not fixing those movement um, those movement deficiencies um, or movement flaws that we have in our running technique. Once you finish those things, it will just open up the doors for you to just get better at running, get faster. It'll feel better. You'll be able to breathe better. Um, and that's what we're going to be focusing on a lot in this workshop. Like I said, we also have a running program that we're going to be putting out for you guys. And if you want to be doing that running program, you will get the most out of it by taking the tips from this workshop and then applying them to the running program when you go to do that. So I would highly recommend it. If you guys have any questions, just let us know. I can also post the link as well to sign up for the running workshop in our Facebook group. So just take a look at that too. Um, and we will see you in class this week, guys.